Hi, Tim Roy for Warriors.com. We continue to get you ready for the 2012 NBA Draft. We had Tom Tolbert of KMBR make our selection for the Warriors in the mock draft. But we want to reach out to those who follow the Warriors with their various uh, blogs and websites and the Twitter feeds. And Adam Lauritsen has been writing a very comprehensive blog on the Golden State Warriors, GSW Fast Break. You can find that at the San Jose Mercury News and related newspapers online. And I guess uh, we should also uh, call you by your new nickname, which is Scoop, uh, since you were the one that uh, tweeted out the news uh, the Golden State Warriors were committing uh, to head to San Francisco. San Francisco resident, so I have a little local uh, local news to pass along occasionally. Uh, you know, I obviously have mixed feelings about the Warriors' move because Oakland's been such a great home for them for so long. And my entire life I've been going over to Oakland to watch the Warriors games, but it should be an interesting couple of years to see how this comes together. Yeah, and it's funny that they just, uh, just last night passed another hurdle. Apparently got a good vote from the city council. And uh, so on its way. But, it, you know, the one thing about the Warriors, and, and again, it, it, you're right, it is going to be different coming to San Francisco. But the one thing about the, the Warriors that, that makes them truly unique among the pro sports is that they are truly the Bay Area's team. I mean, the Sharks have a good following, and I was a hockey guy going way back. That was the first sport I did professionally. But, but it, uh, in California, it is definitely a limited audience for, for the National Hockey League. But the Giants and A's are somewhat split in the Bay Area. Niners and Raiders the same. Uh, but when it comes to basketball, there's one team. And so I think the, the location for the Warriors, I think, is is not as big a deal as it would be for a team. They especially would have, say, like when the, the San Francisco on their jersey. If the Warriors change the name, that's going to be a different thing. But uh, I, I think it's going to be an exciting thing. And if they get it built to where – we're exactly where the spot we were at for the press conference. Uh, that'll be a spectacular uh, venue and location to watch NBA basketball. Yeah, it's an incredible site. And I, I grew up on the peninsula. I've lived in the East Bay. I lived in San Francisco. And my love for the team. Is- Adam, as, as uh, we head toward the draft, and obviously the Golden State Warriors uh, have the seventh pick as well as three other picks in the draft, uh, how do you see this thing? How do you see it working out for the Warriors? Well, they've been clear in the last couple of months saying that they have all these draft picks, they're thrilled to have the assets, but they don't want four rookies on the team next year. Whether they try to combine a couple of picks to trade up, whether they stash somebody in Europe, uh, I think we're going to see some movement and some creativity using the pick. They may trade out entirely. Uh, they have a pretty mature team now. We've seen young Warriors teams for a long time, but you look at Bogut, Lee, uh, even Curry's getting up there into the prime of his career now. So they may want help immediately, and I think it may make sense for them to look for a veteran on the trade market that they could swap out for the seventh pick. Uh, but if they keep the pick, they're going to have lots of interesting options as well. It's an undefined draft, I think, after the first spot. You have people who could go high as second, uh, could go as low as 10th or 11th. There's going to be a lot of flexibility and a lot of movement, I think, in the middle of the lottery pick uh, or the middle of the lottery where the Warriors are. I, th- I think the I think picks four and five really change you know the direction of the draft. I think I think those are the hinge picks, and if uh, if it goes one way, uh, there might be a couple of bigs up on the board. It goes another way, it could be entirely different. I, I think the uh, the picks after the top three, I think, are really going to be curious to see which way this this team the, this draft goes. And and I agree with you in in terms of uh, 
where the Warriors are, are possibly headed in, in terms of their, their moves. You know, I've been trumpeting all along. I think that the club needs a veteran point guard who uh, can run your offense and, and, uh, and, and a true point guard. Last year the Warriors had three point guards on the roster. They were all combo point guards. You know, I think they need a, a true point guard and also insurance, depending on what happens with Steph Curry, because, you know, we don't know, and, and, you know, he's on the way, hopefully, to be having a, a healthy career. But uh, you always want to have that, you know, that good backup that you can throw into a game or have a start. And I think four or five, they need an athletic uh, big guy who can protect the rim a little bit, who can sub in for either Lee or Bogut. And I don't know if they find that player uh, picking seven and, and, you know, in the 30s and in the 50s. Yeah, I think the team just needs more talent, period. Uh, they need to round out the roster at all spots. So when you're looking at that seventh pick as an asset, I don't think it really matters whether you draft a player, whether you trade for a player. You just need to maximize the return from that. You shouldn't be focused on position. You shouldn't be focused on a young guy or a more experienced guy. You just need to add more talent to this roster because there are a few moves that need to be made before the Warriors go from just being on the edge of the playoffs to being a team that's going to consistently be in the second round and threatening the best in the West. Uh, Just get more talent on this roster and sort the pieces out later. Do you like Harrison Barnes of North Carolina? Uh, I do. I think that he's one of those guys who could go up and down in the draft, depending upon how teams are feeling day of. Uh, I don't see him as a a sort of future all-star, but I think he's going to be a very solid pro. Same question, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist of Kentucky. He's the guy who I think out of everybody beyond Anthony Davis has the chance of being special. Uh, I think the Warriors would be thrilled if they could trade up to two to get him, but I don't think the Bobcats are going to do that deal. And if, if there is a sleeper on your draft board that's going to be picked, say, in the lottery, who would that be? Uh, well, I don't know if he can be classified as a sleeper, but he's somebody who is available in your mock draft and who I'd ultimately say the Warriors should pick if he's available, and that's uh, Andre Drummond from uh, Connecticut. Uh, he's a guy who is high-risk, high-reward, And if you're at the seventh pick, you have a chance to grab someone who's an elite athlete, a huge big man, a true center. You have to take that risk. Uh, You're looking at guys otherwise who could be starters, could be nice reserve players, but he's someone who you could stash on the bench for a year or two, develop, bring along in a positive, controlled environment, and all of a sudden have a tremendous trading chip that if you're looking at one of those Dwight Howard-type deals, uh, somebody wanting a really promising young player in return, he could be that type of guy. Uh, I kind of view him like the Al Jefferson in the KG trade. He could be the big man that a team thinks they can build around when you're trying to steal a veteran, somebody who's a true all-star, somebody who could be the best player for the Warriors if they were able to make deals later on. Now, you kind of, you might beat me to the punch. Is that your pick? That's my pick based on That's your mock pick. draft. I don't okay. think he's going to be there when the Warriors pick on 7th. I, I think that uh, the Kings or the Blazers would be thrilled to have him given their needs. Uh, but if he's there, I think the Warriors need to take the risk. I know that there are questions about his attitude. There are questions about whether he has a, a true low post game. But he's so big, he's so athletic, and he's really young. I think in the right environment, he could be developed. And the Warriors are putting together that type of environment. They have some really positive veterans now. They're going to have some stability next year for the first time in a long time. And I think that's the type of environment where you take risks, where you say we're going to find a guy and turn him into the type of player we want. 
Who do you think will be on the board when they select? Uh, I think Sollinger will be there. Uh, I know that he's sort of a safe pick. I have some questions about whether his offensive game is really going to translate into the NBA, uh, but he's obviously got a great motor. Uh, he's going to be a solid pro, so he would be a very uh, easy pick for the Warriors to make to find somebody who can meet a need, low post scoring. Uh, I think Perry Jones also is probably going to be there. He's another high-risk, high-reward guy. I don't think he has quite the upside uh, that someone like Drummond does, but he's another guy I'd get a long, hard look at because he could slide in, I think, and fill some of the Warriors' needs at small forward. Now, in your latest blog, you talked about the draft, but you also targeted some guys, and, and since we're not you know, official general managers, we only like to play general managers, <laughs> uh, I guess we could talk about them. You mentioned Josh Smith of Atlanta, Al Jefferson of Utah, Rodney Stuckey of Detroit. Why would you like those guys on a Warrior uniform? This goes back to really how you're going to build a team, not just to make it into the playoffs, but to try to make that jump into the next level. To do that, I think the Warriors are going to have to find a way to trade for somebody who's better than anyone they have on their roster right now. Uh, So they don't have an all-star on the roster right now. They need to find somebody who's going to be in that next tier of talent. Uh, Those three guys aren't in that next tier, but by adding proven NBA talent, guys who are veterans right now who can play, contribute, give the Warriors something they need, it gives them more flexibility. I think it allows them to package uh, two really solid players together uh, and offer them up for an all-star. So if there's a a trade going down where somebody's uh, being moved like Dwight Howard, it allows you to really give full value in return while still having enough guys uh, on the roster to round out a solid, complete team. Uh, it's tricky. You need to sort of weigh the risk and the reward. There's higher reward keeping the seventh pick and drafting somebody, but there's a lot of risk at whether that player two, three years from now is really going to contribute. So if the Warriors could find somebody like Smith who's, who could play small forward for them, be a great rebounder, be a great defender, someone like Jefferson who could meet their low post scoring needs, or somebody like Stuckey who could be a penetrator, could be a good, solid combo guard, uh, somebody who could back up both Curry and Thompson and step into the starting lineup if needed. You have to take a serious look at that because I think uh, Joe Lacob wants to win now. He's tired of saying the Warriors are turning things around and then having uh, seasons back in the lottery. He wants to go to the playoffs and show that they can make some noise. To do that, I think that they're going to seriously look at adding uh, some veteran contributors. You know, it's funny, and, and I think it's, it's such a change from years gone by. Uh, and I noticed it immediately with, with uh, uh, Joe Lacob and Peter Goober at, at owning the team was the activity about the draft. And, and to me, you know, like, it's a small point, but last year, buying the pick to, to get Jeremy Tyler. You know, the Warriors were never buying picks in, in, under previous ownership. We were always selling picks uh, to get cash. And I, I think if you're, if you're a Warrior fan, you have to be excited about this draft because, you know, Bob Myers has said they don't really want to have four young guys on their roster, so you know that they're going to be active in making phone calls and trying to make deals. I think it's going to be a real exciting draft myself, if, especially for the Warriors. Yeah, Myers has shown a willingness to be aggressive so far. I think he's trying to prove himself. He has the support of the organization, uh, so he's going to go out and try to make a signature deal, I think, that would really put the Warriors on the map. And then you have to count in Jerry West. When you look at West's teams, he's always been a dealer. He's not afraid to churn the roster, to really keep moving guys until you find the combination that works that takes you to the next level. 
So I have to believe, unless there's somebody that West absolutely loves at the seventh pick, uh, like a Clay Thompson, someone who he thinks is going to be a home run, uh, a great value for where the Warriors are drafting, he's going to be out there looking for ways to improve the team, to switch things up, to uh, mix it up with new veterans in the lineup. Well, in the, as we've been interviewing you, Chad Ford of ESPN.com came out with his mock draft version 7.0, and he has uh, Davis, Robinson, Kid Gilchrist going 1-2-3, Beal going to Cleveland, Drummond, as you'd say, would uh, be picked by Sacramento, and then uh, Damian Lillard going to Portland, which is what Brian Wheeler, the voice of the Trailblazers, picked with the number six in our mock draft, and that would leave the Warriors with Harrison Barnes at seven. Well, I think the Warriors would be thrilled if that works out. Barnes would meet an immediate need. Uh, they could also probably flip that pick, too, because I think there are a lot of other teams that would be interested in having Barnes. So if it comes down like Ford predicts, I think that that would be a great win for the Warriors on draft day. Uh, and thanks, thanks to their own hard work losing those games at the end of the season. Uh, it was a bumpy ride, but it's about to pay off, I think, with a nice asset coming back. Well, remember now, remember now, just to, just to remember, I, I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, when, and Oklahoma City's in the finals, so let me be the, the, the one to point out that when Sam Presti uh, drafted Kevin Durant, he had Ray Allen and Rashard Lewis on that roster, and he didn't go make a bunch of uh, trades to, uh, you know, fight for the eighth spot. He uh, got rid of both of those guys, and they were awful for two years, but it, it worked out for them because they got to pick Westbrook and Ibaka and Durant, and now they're in the NBA Finals. So there is a there is a there is something to be said for playing your cards that way and getting into the draft. Oh, I'm at a least, huge supporter of the fact so. that they were able to do that, and it, it's been a long time coming. There were seasons before where I would have loved to have seen them do that, where they, they just kind of, muddled along in the middle of the pack. Yeah, it, and uh, with the uh, 30th pick, according to Chad Ford's uh, draft, it's uh, Festus Azalea from Vanderbilt, the uh, seven-footer. I always wanted to announce for a team that had a guy named Festus. So <laughs> you, you have something to look forward to if the Warriors pull that <laughs> and, off. You know, sure it, it, you'll it, have it, new catchphrases for him. I've had them all. I've had you know Mookie. I've had Bimbo. I've had Muggsy. I've had Spud. I've had all the great the great names. So we'll get you world peace, maybe, and you can oh, round it out geez, with uh, some political please. commentary. Yeah, he. Uh, what, what, what did he tweet on Memorial Day weekend? Happy Labor Day. Yeah, so <laughs> anyway, Adam Loritzen writes the blog uh, GSW Fast Break. If you have not read it, you need to, to uh, go and and find it because it's very comprehensive. He knows of which he speaks, and uh, tell me how uh, people can find that and how they can follow you on Twitter. Uh, just go to the Mercury News website is the easiest way to find the blog. Go to the sports page. Uh, I'm in the, the blog section. I'm linked off of all the other blogs on the Mercury as well. And on Twitter, it's GSW Fastbreak. GSW Fastbreak. Yeah, on the, on the Mercury News website, uh, just, just scroll down, and when it gets to the uh, sports blogs, right down at the bottom it'll say, Mercury News fan blogs, and it's Warriors blog right underneath that. That's the one you want to go to and uh, follow Adam on Twitter for breaking news about the Golden State Warriors. Once every six years. It's the first story <laughs> I've broken since I've been a blogger, so it may be another half decade before it happens again. You know, and you have so much free time because of your other jobs and everything else. So, But, uh, hey, uh, I always appreciate the time. And, and again, big fan of, of the blog. You do a great job with that. The Warrior fans are lucky to have you uh, breaking down uh, games and uh, activities for the Warriors. They're lucky to have you doing that. 
Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Adam Lorenzen of GSW Fast Break, the San Jose Mercury News Warriors blog. Make sure you check it out. Always good stuff. I'm Tim Roy. We continue to cover the 2012 NBA Draft here at Warriors.com.